Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvik. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvik, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about urban legends and urban facts, because I don't know what the opposite of an urban legend is. But first, as always, we have shout-outs. Head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac for more Paranormal Almanac episodes and things and fun stuff. Now, there is supposed to be an episode out for the uh, the patrons, but it got postponed, uh, so I'm gonna. It's it's an interview. I don't want to tell too much about it. it. There was I was supposed to do an interview uh, episode this week, but it got postponed. As soon as I can do it, I will do it, and then I'll get it out to the patrons. My plan is, and I'm I'm just toying with this idea. So patrons, if you're listening, tell me what you think about this plan. Would you like it if you guys got? Hold on a second. Rum needs to come up and say hi. Come on up. There we go. Hi, Rum. Would you guys like it? Patrons, would you like it if I released the episodes, all regular episodes, to the patrons 24 hours in advance of the regular, you know, release? Does that make sense? Am I making sense here? So basically, every new episode, I would put it out for the patrons on Patreon for 24 hours, and then I would release it to the public. So patrons, let me know what you think. If you if you know if there are a bunch of you guys like, yeah, we want it first, then guess what? You'll get it first. If you go, nah, I can wait a day, then I'll just keep doing it as I'm doing it. Just trying to think of like more fun things, you know, for the patrons. Um, anyhow, shout outs to the patrons begins now. Shout outs to Cobalt Slayer42. Lori, Alicia, Rebecca, Esteban. Oh, he did change it. And Stephen Share, Jane Ann, Jennifer, Heather G, Zuzus, what's it? Paula, Nico Share and the Mouse, Paul, Mark, Tortuga, Hannah Boo, Mike from Jersey, Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy, Virginia, Tony, Jason, Vicky, Crow, Clay, Buzz, Lovita Works, Glacier Main, Isabel, Jen, Jen, Stacy, Amber, Tracy, Kelly, Joe, Menace the Beast, Kick Ass Magic Robot Webcomic, Sandy, Paige, Kalsh, Bentman, 666, Andrew, Scott, Andrea, Melody, Vicky, Vanessa, Marisol, Liam, Roger, Alicia, Becca, Jake, and the Beasties, Elizabeth, Void, Tech, Sherry, Art, Muffin, Trudy, Tim, Kenneth, Ricardo, Ian, Alexandra, Seth, Zozo the Demon, Hayden, Cindy, Ashley, Carrie, Robin, Will, Lauren, Russell, April, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy, Bob, Stacy, Jerry, Lindsay, Jeff, Joe, I'm, oh, I almost lost it there, Lawrence, the Lauren Strong, hey, hey, howdy, hi, Veronica, Autumn, J. Mark, Manning, Carolyn, Jade, Nanashi, Chuck, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson. Happy birthday to Elijah. Dan, Laura Pitts, gamer fan. And there was another one. There was one that I don't see right now. There was one that was like, you know, totally not a skinwalker. I don't know what happened to that one, but I saw that come through. So I'm going to throw it in there anyway with two special shout outs, as always, to Joe Teague and to Stitch and just in case... You guys skip all of that, and you're waiting for me to go back to, like, talking like normal so you can skip ahead in the patrons. You know, that's fine. You you do you. It's 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 your podcast. Well, it's my podcast, but you're listening to it. You can do whatever you want. But 
I do want to give another special, don't skip ahead, another special shout out in case you missed it. I, I mixed it in with the shout outs. A very special birthday week shout out to Paranormal Almanac's own Elijah. Happy birthday, Elijah. I hope you had a good one. All righty, before we continue on, I had to tell you why there was no episode last week. I know, you're all like, Kurt, where's all the episodes? We love you. We, we want you more. I know, I get it. I want you more too. But the uh, there was something that came up, something that I bought in 2019 and 2020. Tickets for They Might Be Giants. And finally, after three long years of waiting, I got to see my favorite band again. I saw them in San Diego the first night. Torrential downpours. Phenomenal show. They're the best. Then I saw them the second night, still in San Diego. Not torrential downpours. Still fantastic show. Then the next night, I saw them in Los Angeles at the Wiltern. Fantastic show. When we were given, uh, like, we were given the opportunity to spend, like, basically, if you ever get in line for the Wiltern, if you ever come out to Los Angeles, you want to go to the Wiltern. It's a phenomenal venue to see bands. Um, it's a portmanteau. It's on Wilshire and Western. So they just kind of pushed it together and made Wiltern. There's a fun fact for you. Anyhow, so when you're in line for it, it's, you know, it's kind of, you know, grimy Los Angeles streets with crazy people on it and car accidents happening and stuff. So if you don't want to spend all day outside, you can, for 20 bucks more, you can do VIP and they'll bring you downstairs. And then you're in this nice, quiet cozy little bar area where you can get yourself a drink and they'll give you like free mini muffins or mini cupcakes, which by the way, I don't understand, you know, why, how, how much smaller are cupcakes going to get? I mean, these cupcakes that they gave me were damn good, but they were so small that I could have eat. I could have ate like seven or eight of these things to equal one mini cupcake. I mean, these things were fucking small, but anyhow, oops, I said I wasn't going to swear on this episode. I apologize. I'm already off to a bad start. I'm only like six minutes in. I'm already swearing. But when they were bringing us downstairs, the woman that works there was bringing us downstairs. I said, hey, you know, I've always wanted to do an episode about the Wiltern because it's haunted. And she goes, oh, my God, it's haunted as crap. And I was like, oh, ding, 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 ding. I'm like, here's my card. I want to hear stories. So fingers crossed, she'll actually reach out to me and I can actually, you know, hear her stories of the ghosts. Or even more fingers crossed, cross all your fingers, I can actually do an episode at the Wiltern, like during the day when they don't have a show going on or on, on, a, on a down day or whatever, you know, I would love to do a few episodes from haunted theaters in Los Angeles. I'm just putting that out there. Hopefully I can make it happen where I can do a series of episodes from about the haunted theaters from the haunted theaters out here in Los Angeles. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, anyhow, with that being said, I know you guys are like, I didn't tune into they might be Giants Almanac. I tuned into Paranormal Almanac. Make with the Paranormal, Kurt. Okay, okay. Let's, let's, we'll get into it. Paranormal News. Alrighty, in the first well-played story of paranormal news, the first story is murder suspect causes stir by claiming dead husband also present in court. This one happened in Saramban, sure. 
A former lecturer charged with the murder of her husband caused a stir when she told High Court Judge Rohani Ismail that the deceased was present and would like to address the court on Wednesday, April 19th. Lao Sekian, 56, who had pleaded not guilty to murdering 55-year-old Po Sang Hyep, then addressed the court in English and said that she would be speaking on his behalf. Good morning, everyone. I, Lao Sekian, have been accused of murdering Po Sang Hyep. As his wife, Po Sang Yep, would hereby wish to explain that I, he, was not murdered. It was a jal. Death was faded. Mr. Poe was not murdered, she said. The judge then told the accused that the trial had not started and that the relevant documents had only been handed over to the, her defense team earlier in the day. She went on to say that the court would hear the testimonies from the witnesses and the accused will have her day in court. So I guess it really didn't work. Uh, but good try, though. Good try at all. Uh, let's see. She continued to talk, because that's what you want to do, um, claiming that she was innocent. Po Sang Hyep was not murdered. It was Ajal, which, again, means uh, his death was faded. That's a terrible term. Uh, let's see. Uh, po Sang Hyep was, is speaking. You have to understand that my wife did not kill me. I am Po Sang Hyep here. Why don't you listen to me that my wife did not kill me? I was fated to die. You know, again, good on you. Why the hell not try something like that? Uh, oh, nope, keeps going. <laughs> the trial was fixed. Uh, he said, all right, we're going to go to trial on March 3rd, the 7th. And she again interrupted the judge saying, you have to be fair to us, please. Poe was not murdered. It was a jaw. Um, then she said something else. Um, anyhow, yeah, so good try. Maybe don't interrupt the, the, uh, the judge so many times, but, you know, good try if it works. You know, like, like I said, if you're going to jail anyway, might as well throw some stuff out in the wall, see if it sticks. Alrighty, up next in Paranormal News, this story comes from Istanbul, not Constantinople. It was Istanbul, not Constantinople. Do, 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 do. It's basically the They Might Be Giants section of Paranormal News. I had to add it because, you know, Istanbul was Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. A massive black cloud cast Istanbul into total darkness for a full five minutes. That's right. Residents of Istanbul were understandably left unsettled when a massive black cloud swept over the Turkish city and cast it into total darkness for five minutes. The weird weather event, which reportedly happened on Tuesday afternoon, was photographed and captured on video by tons of people. Uh, all right, so it's got video, so let's watch it. Let's see what happens. I'm going to guess it gets dark. Hey, look at that. It's getting dark. Oh, my God, it got dark quiet. If they didn't speed this up, that's crazy. No, it's sped up. It's got to be sped up. I mean, that's a that's dark. That's, that's nighttime. They went from overcast to dark. Oh, and then back to overcast pretty quick. All right, it's definitely a sped up video. It did not happen in 27 seconds. Had it happened this quickly, I'd be like, yeah, y'all going to die. But, uh, yep, that's freaky. All right, cool. Moving on. Up next in Paranormal News, this one comes up from Facebook, where you should get all your news sources. Kurt here, don't get your news sources from Facebook. I'm only doing it for Paranormal News. Madison County Sheriff's Office are investigating the death and mutilations of cattle along Texas. I don't know what OSR means. Texas, somewhere in Texas. Ranchers advised a six-year-old longhorn cross cow had been found lying on her side, deceased and mutilated on the ranch. A straight, clean cut with apparent precision had been made to remove the hide around the cow's mouth on one side, leaving the meat under the removed hide untouched. The tongue was also completely removed from the body with no blood spill. 
It was noted that there were no signs of struggle and the grass around the cow was undisturbed. No footprints or tire tracks were noted in the area. Ranchers also reported that no predators or birds would scavenge the remains of the cow, leaving it to decay untouched for several weeks. Uh, they found five other similar occurrences for four adult cows and one yearling were reported along the area of OSR. I don't know what that is. Running into Brazos County as well as Robertson County. Each incident, each incident occurred in different locations, pastures, and herds. Um, and if you guys are going like, I know what OSR is. I got to tell Kurt. No, it's good. We don't, I don't, I'm fine. I, I'm good without this knowledge. You don't have to thank you. I appreciate that you want to, you know, give me some info. I, I don't, I don't care. Up next in paranormal news, Pentagon's UFO chief says there's no evidence of extraterrestrial activity. How can they make these, these Senate hearing meeting things, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, hearings. How can they make them so freaking boring? They're talking about UFOs, and the whole time I'm like, yeah, I don't uh, shut up. I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like this guy just sucks all the fun out of UFOs. If I was there, I'd have a little UFO on my desk. I'd be like, like making UFO sounds. No, this guy is just all kinds of boring. Let's see. Uh, let me see if there's any audio to this. Let's see. So most of our sightings. Oh God, you're so boring. Mm, 15 to 25. Shut up. I can't see. I can't even for like 10 seconds. You you suck at making UFOs fun, dude. Let me do them. I'll do, I'll do this voice. I'll lean into the microphone. I'll do all of that stuff. It'd be, I'd make it fun. This guy, I'm sorry. If you want to come on the show, I'd love to talk to you. But I'm going to be like, you know, telling you to pick up the pace and like making it fun. Don't, don't just talk to me like that. Oh, they made it boring. Up next, UFO spotted by U.S. drone in Middle East, the Pentagon reveals. A strange metallic orb was spotted by a U.S. Reaper drone, Reaper drone in 2022 in the Middle East. As Arrow revealed to Congress, this particular UFO has been spotted repeatedly in the region. It's actually very cool. Um, this was the the um, the circle that I saw uh, Jeremy Corbell talk about and George Knapp talk about at uh, AlienCon. But I finally got to see they actually showed the actual video of it. Uh, it's crazy. It's weird. I have no idea what to make of it, and I can't find the video to link to it. Maybe this is it. Let's see. Here you go. Unclassified footage from Mission Report 7750816, and then it did something and went away too fast. Uh, it's drone footage, and then, boop, this little, like, little metal, like, circle just went, beep, 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 like, down, like, the screen. And the drone's like, what the crap was that? And tried to follow it. I have no idea what to make of this thing. I'll throw this up into uh, into the Facebook fan page so y'all can see it. I don't know what to make of this tiny little circle UFO thing, but it looks so tiny and cute. I want one. I mean, you know, like, or ride in one. I just want to ride in one. So if you are, if you are in control of one of these tiny little silver orb thingies, UFOs, and you have the ability to take a passenger, I'd like to do, not only would I like to do a Paranormal Almanac episode, at a haunted theater, I would also like to do a Paranormal Almanac episode from inside a UFO. So if you can make that happen, I'd really appreciate it. All right, hold on. i got to put this up there. Check out this video. There you go. Now you know exactly what time I recorded this episode. All righty, up next in Paranormal News. Oh, there's no link to this one. Let me try this again. Ghost. Filmed in window of haunted Gettysburg Inn. I've been wanting to watch this one. 
Uh, let's see. According to local media report, the sighting occurred earlier this month as Jim and Lara, Lara Barnhill were, invest, were visiting the Pennsylvania community that many to be many believe to be rife with Civil War ghosts. Yeah, yeah whatever. I just want to watch the video. All righty. So it's a video. It's a brick house. It's a window. That better not have been it. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah, no, there's people. He's right. There's people moving up in that house. All right, I got to rewind it. Yeah, there's somebody up there. Oh, that's, I don't know. I think, Kurt here, I think that I'll put this one on there as well. I personally think that that will turn out to be, um, well, my guess is it's going to be bats. That's just my guess. But I don't know. It's it's spooky. It's weird. It's zany. It's crazy. I'll throw it up there as well. Crap, man, there's so much. So much stuff I got to do while I'm talking here. Let's see. Uh, paranormal fan page. What do you think of this one? What do you... Whoop, nope, not... There we go. What do you think? All righty. Posted that one. Up next in Paranormal News, another video. Oh, my God. But this is an older one. It's a TikTok video. Actually, you know what? I'm skipping this one. There's a lot to get to, so I'm going to skip that one. Never mind. We're moving past that one. Um, it's a TikTok video of this ghost that kind of appears in the stairwell. Uh, I think it's fake. Uh, but I, there's a lot to get to, so I want to keep on moving on. Up next in Paranormal News, the Loch Ness Monster, not a monster, has apparently just been spotted again. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Ian O'Fadigan, you've done it again, you son of a bitch. No. This one was by Francesca McGarvey and her family. Uh, let's see. The Scottish family was reportedly driving past the lock when Francesca spotted something in the water and told them to pull over. Whatever it was broke water. It was about the length of two cars. This is according to Francesca's mother, Susan. It must have been there for about 20 to 30 seconds. The family quickly ruled it out as boat activity in the area, so naturally it moved to Nessie. That's cool, but no video. Very good, Francesca. Way to, like, out Ian O'Fadigan, Ian O'Fadigan. So good on you. Up next in paranormal news. Hundreds attend Bigfoot real or hoax event in Chehalis. Now, this is taking forever to load, so give me a minute to get to this news story. Come on, Chehalis, news story about Bigfoot. Oh, no, people are commenting on the, on the video in real time. Here we go. On Saturday afternoon, hundreds of people from Lewis County and beyond visited McFiler's Chehalis Theater for presentations on both proven Bigfoot hoaxes and unexplained evidence and encounters. Presentations were hosted by the Lewis County Historical Museum. Speakers included Bob Antone, author, historian, and paranormal investigator from some area, Vince and Tyler from the Pacific North Weird YouTube channel, and Cliff of the North American Bigfoot Center and Animal Planet television series Finding Bigfoot. I think it's awesome. Invite me. Kurt here. Invite Kurt. It'd be cool. Kurt would be a fun event, uh, a fun host at the next event. And, uh, all right. Last one in Paranormal News so we can get to uh, the actual stories at hand. This is in the, mm-hmm, sure, of course it is section of Paranormal News. So I'm going to need bumper music that says, mm-hmm, sure, of course it is. Makers of exorcism movies say you're dicing with the devil if you have massage or tattoos. The fuck does dicing, oops, I swore again. What does dicing with the devil mean? But let's get to the story. The makers of a church-backed exorcism... <laughs> I gotta start this one over because I already started laughing. 
Take two. The makers of a church-backed exorcism movie reckon folks are dicing with the devil if they indulge in massage, tattoos, and yoga. Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman, co-writers of the new horror film Nefarious, believe doing the downward dog could lead to a possession. And they reckon getting inking can lead to damnation. Look, there is nothing better than going to a yoga class and having a smoking hot woman doing downward dog in front of you. It doesn't lead to a possession. I'm going to tell you that. Didn't happen to me. And, uh, yeah, if you get ink, sure, that'll lead to damnation because, you know, that's cool. If if God's, you get up there and God's like, I'm sorry, do you have a tattoo of the Beatles on it? You can't come into heaven. Fuck that noise. Oops, crap that noise. All right, their movie about a Satan-infested prisoner awaiting execution has been sanctioned by top exorcist father Carlos Martins as the, quote, the best movie portraying demonic possession ever produced. The makers say seemingly innocent activities such as Reiki massage, yoga, and getting, quote, pagan tattoos may indicate someone is dancing with the devil. Finally, this freaking article actually says dancing and not dicing with the devil. Solomon says, the film lets everyone know there's good and evil. This demon is telling the story, the truth on not only creation and God, but from their point of view, how, they, how they're going to destroy the world and how they're doing it. And the thing is all based on fact. Uh-huh, sure, of course it is. What we need to realize is that people today are doing Ouija boards, tarot cards, Reiki, yoga, getting pagan tattoos. All of these are ways that people are getting infested. If you play with the devil, he will come. All the world is surrounded by the occult, especially on TV and in the movie theaters. So it's a perfect time for this show, for this to show the wickedness and the evil of the devil. I don't know about you guys, but I seriously, seriously want to go out and get a tattoo while doing Downward Dog and someone's giving me a Reiki massage. I want to blow this dude's mind. Uh, let's see. This movie is saying, don't play with the devil. If you dance with the devil... You're going to lose. Uh, the makers said the film was not a conventional horror with no sex or bad language. Oh, thank goodness. And its sinister poster was a Trojan horse designed to lure in audiences of non-believers. But they admitted it seemed cursed throughout its production, including the near death of the priest advising them on the exorcisms. It's been a fight for us. The whole crew caught COVID, and we had to start the movie all over again. We had eight car accidents a matter of 11 or 12 days. No one was hurt, but all the cars were totaled. So you see, the devil tries to kill people, and the Lord protects them. At our office in Burbank, California, the whole roof was ripped off during a rainstorm. That doesn't happen in rainstorms. You know where it also doesn't happen? In fucking Burbank. Because that would have been all over the news. Burbank's small. I would have heard, like, a whole roof was just ripped off during this rainstorm, Kurt. And I would have been like, really? That's cool. I got to go see this. Didn't happen. I'm calling bullshit on your on everything you said. Yeah, the whole crew caught COVID? Yeah, I'm sure you guys did. Because you guys are all afraid of downward dog. Eight car accidents in a matter of 11 or 12 days? Okay. Whoever was driving sucks at driving. Uh, of course, you know, as you all know, of course, as people say, well, Kurt, the devil's in you, so, you know, I you diced with the devil and you lost. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We are back. 
Welcome back. I'm glad you guys are excited for new episodes. I know I make, like, I, it seems like I get really annoyed and people are like, Kurt, where are the new episodes? And I'm like, oh, shut up. I'm getting to them. No, I like the fact that you guys are eager for new episodes. And I apologize if I made you feel bad for ever asking about where the new episode was. Always ask. I don't mind. Um, very rarely do I have a life. And it took three years for me to have a life last week. So, you know, you got plenty of episodes coming to you. But we're back. And on this edition... I figured, let's talk about urban legends, some with deaths. Let's talk about the opposite of urban legends. As again, I don't know what they're called, so I'm going to call them urban facts. Let's, um, let's talk about a cryptid that, well, might not be, but spoiler, did cause some deaths. And you're going, wait, what? Relax. And then we're going to talk about a whole lot of more stuff. Just just wait. I'm not a frog. You're not a bunny. Let's not jump ahead. Before I do this, I have to give Rum a treat because she's being a good girl. So hold on one second. Give me a Rum. There you go, sweetheart. Where are you going? Take it. There you go. All righty. This first one comes from Delhi or New Delhi, and I don't know if they're the same thing. So I'm going to you know hedge my bets and say both. It didn't happen in the 1800s. It didn't even happen in the 1900s. Nope. It happened in 2001. That's right, a maybe, but not really cryptid, caused injuries and deaths in 2001. This isn't some story from the 1800s where they had nothing better to do with their time, so everything was paranormal. I got some of those on here, too. But this first one, 2001. And for some reason... This story kind of came and went without a lot of fanfare. It was picked up around the world, sure, but it didn't get the the just desserts. No, it didn't get the fanfare. I don't know. It didn't get like what it deserved is what I'm saying. So let's change that. Let's go back to May 2001 when reports began to circulate in New Delhi about a strange four-foot-tall monkey-like creature covered in thick black hair I know you're thinking, oh, cool, like Orang Pendek, or it's some version of a tiny Bigfoot. Hold on. I'm not done with the description yet. Chill. It's cool. Relax. Four foot tall, monkey-like creature covered in thick black hair with a metal helmet, metal claws, glowing red eyes, and three buttons on its chest that was appearing at night and attacking people. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Like I said, not just some kind of tiny Bigfoot. Nope. This little hairy bastard was decked out complete with helmets and buttons on its chest. Weird, right? Well, no. Because other eyewitnesses claimed it also had roller skates on. No, seriously. They did. This is 2001. They said, oh yeah, all that other stuff? Yeah, he's right. Four foot tall, looking like a monkey. He's got a metal helmet, metal claws, glowing red eyes, three buttons on his chest but had roller skates on. Seriously. Then, eyewitness reports started changing even more, making the monkey man huge, like eight feet tall, and ripped, saying it would leap from building to building. And there wasn't just one or two sightings. No, no, no. There were over 350 sightings of this thing. People were freaking the F out. Cut to mid-December 2001. All right, let's see what was happening in the world. Well, America was still reeling from the September 11th attacks. 
Ocean Eleven was in the theaters, and you know, a bunch of horrible shit was happening around the world. I tried to find some interesting tidbits of things that happened, but they kept getting more and more depressing. But let me, uh, here we go. December 2001, news and events. Terrorist bombings kill 25 in, uh, in Israel. Israel attacks Palestine. Uh, interim Afghan governor formed, government formed. Taliban surrenders. German chancellor strengthens coalition. Moroccan-born Frenchmen are charged in terrorist attacks. Milosevic charged with genocide. Palestinians, Palestinians kill 10 Israelis. Uh, let's see, Russian accepts Bush Treaty, gunmen attack New Delhi government. A lot of bad crap happened in December of 2001. Uh, the reason I say that, um, like I said, there was a lot going on in the world. The world's going like hell in a handbasket. But over in New Delhi, they also were dealing with a lot of crap. They were dealing with rolling blackouts that was actually absolutely causing havoc People couldn't have air conditioning. They couldn't have their fans on. It was smoking hot. They were, you know, like freaking out because it was nice. It was night, not nice and dark. It was dark as crap in these tiny little areas down these tiny streets. So people were like sleeping on the roofs and stuff, trying to get some kind of relief from the heat. Basically, it was just causing a nightmare. And then, well, you know, the monkey man was seen again. But this time, he was taking lives. All right, as more and more reports started to come into the local media station, the number of eyewitness descriptions started to become even crazier. From, the monkey man was attacking and slashing people's faces with Freddy Krueger-like claws. Or, someone wearing a leather jacket donning a motorbiker helmet, slashing people. Just walking up, just slashing them and walking away. So the police set up a reporting hotline to try and figure out, you know, like just what the hell was happening, basically. And they offered 50,000 rupees for reliable information that could lead to the capture of the monkey man. More and more people were still seeing the monkey man leaping from rooftop to rooftop. So, you know, they decided to do that whole angry mob thing. They started patrolling the streets with machetes, poles and clubs, but they never caught the monkey man. And that's when the deaths happened. That's right. Two by some reports, three by other reports, but at least two people, I think it's three, but you'll hear it in a second, died. First one, one man scrambled up to a roof to escape a chasing monkey man, then leapt from the top of that building to his death. He just leapt off the top of the building. He scrambled up on the roof. It was like, oh, I'm being chased by a monkey man. And then just leapt off the building and died. Two, a pregnant woman was running away from the monkey man. She fell down a stairwell, dying, all because of panic caused by monkey man reports. Then, a third man also fell off a rooftop running in fear when he heard another man nearby panicking and shrieking in the darkness that something had pulled on his sheets as he tried to sleep. That was it. He just heard in the dark like, oh my God, something pulled on my sheets. I'm trying to sleep over here. He freaks out, gets up on the rooftop, starts running, falls off, boom, dies. That's right. Hysteria led to people falling and dying from the monkey man. When that happened, 
people started saying, holy crap, now the monkey man is killing people and throwing them off rooftops. And even more people started being afraid and panicking and hurting themselves. That said, oh my God, now people are getting hurt down below by the monkey man. And even more people started panicking and getting hurt because of the monkey man. Remember, the monkey man does not exist. All right, so at one point, exasperated police even issued artist impression drawings in attempt to capture the creature. A report in the Washington Post at the time claimed that, quote, a van driver was chased by a mob. They believed him to be the monkey man. He was dragged out of his vehicle and severely beaten. He was hospitalized with multiple fractures. That's right. Just because some dude was kind of hairy and short, they were like, that monkey man's driving that van. Let's get him. And then beat the crap out of some dude. Some people said there was a reason for it. They thought it was, I'm going to get this wrong and I apologize. Hanuman, which is a monkey god that was attacking people and also causing a nearby inferno in New Delhi. There was a lot of shit going on in New Delhi. Okay, two weeks later on this round, the monkey man frenzy fades away. Local law enforcement are trying to knock off the fake reports, declare that anybody who makes a fraudulent monkey man claim or distributes misleading monkey man information or especially reported attacks without any proof of the monkey man may face jail time. And just like that, because of this, reports of the monkey man slowed down, then stopped altogether. The local power company even agreed to temporarily suspending rolling blackouts in some of the poorer parts of New Delhi, allowing people to sleep inside in the safety of their apartments under electric fans. And, you know, monkey man just kind of went away to be a creepypasta cryptid. I don't know. Uh, uh, mass hysteria panic? I, I don't know. But it definitely is one of the more bizarre stories of there was never anything really seen. It was people freaking people out, which caused people to freak out, which caused other people to freak out, which caused other people to fall from rooftops because those people were freaking out. That person died, which caused the next person to freak out because now this person's dead. There was a lot of shit going on. Uh, real quick. From that time, from CNN.com, May 16th, 2001, Monkey Man hysteria swept the Indian capital following confirmation that injuries sustained by victims are animal bites. There was no confirmation of that. India media has reported that two terrified residents had fallen to their deaths on hearing that an ape-like attacker was nearby. Police said Wednesday that when they were, they were no closer to solving the mystery of an ape-like creature, which residents accuse of clawing and biting dozens of people in New Delhi suburbs, over the past fortnight. Really? 2001, we're using the term fortnight? All right. We have consulted doctors about the bites, and they said they were made by some animal, Joint Commissioner of Police Suresh Roy told Reuters News Agency. The information we have is pointing towards an animal, but we checked at the local zoo, and they're saying no animals had escaped from there. Reports, including hoax calls, were so prolific that police ran short of vehicles following up on complaints. Police have blamed the panic on uneducated poor people, many of them superstitious and strong believers in the supernatural. Their fears may be exasperated by the sweltering heat and darkness due to electricity cuts. It seems a group of people in masks are terrorizing people, the statement newspaper quoted an unidentified police officer is saying, Kurt here, with no evidence. A short man was beaten for fitting the description. 
Uh, let's see. It's nothing but mass hysteria. We've increased patrolling in areas which are reported such cases. Uh, let's see. Keep going. Uh, various descriptions. Woman fell down the staircase and died. Um, the monkey has come is what she screamed right before she died. Uh, let's see. The Indian Express quoted a resident of Noida as saying that a creature as small as a cat bit her fingers and two of her husband's teeth were knocked out by a metallic hand. It was a monkey, all right, about four foot tall, but as soon as I grabbed it, it turned itself into a cat with tawny glowing eyes. Sure. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. How freaking crazy is that? Uh, let's see. Do I have another news article? Maybe I do. I don't know if I'll read it. Let me see. The Monkey Man in Delhi, a first-hand report on how rationalists stop the mass mania. Nope, it's just an article about it, but that's fine. I don't want to read that. All righty, so off to a weird start, right? Um, I guess, you know, it's fine to believe in a monkey man that's four foot tall, wearing roller skates and a motorcycle jacket and helmet and all that jazz, and buttons on his chest. What do they mean by buttons on his chest? Do they mean, like, shirt buttons? Or do they mean, like, you know, like pins, you know, like, like a button that says, like, you know, vote for Pedro that's just, like, pinned to his fur. What do they mean by that? I need more information is what I'm saying. But, you know, it's fine to believe in that. But if you start panicking and then, you know, causing people to die, okay, cal calm down. Unless you personally have seen the monkey man, don't freak out about the monkey man. I don't know how many. Drink for every time. If you're if you're playing the uh, the the... Drinking game of drink every time Kurt says monkey man. You know, good luck to you. And also monkey man. All right, so that's a weird one, right? But no one famous died, so it doesn't really matter. So let's keep going to one that I had never heard of. And then when I did hear of it, I went, well, that's dumb. And then I kept reading and reading. And, well, now I'm convinced it's dumb. Maybe you guys have heard this one. How many people here... And not in this room, but listening to this podcast, have heard about this one. It's called the White Lighter Curse, or myth, depending on, you know, what you believe. But most people call it the White Lighter Curse. All right, first, look around you right now. Do you have a white disposable lighter near you? If so, throw it out the window now. Don't take the chance, people. All right, now, here we go. Several musicians died while in possession of a white disposable cigarette lighter. Who? Well, how about just the deaths of Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, and Kurt Cobain? That's right. How about them? All of them died while in the possession of a white disposable cigarette lighter. That's right. I'm talking about the 27 Club. They had another thing in common. They all died because of white disposable lighters. I bet you all thought it was drug use. Well, no, sir, not at all. Okay, thankfully, I didn't have to do all the legwork on this one because it's a short myth. Uh, and in 2017, Snopes.com debunked this theory, noting that Bic didn't even begin producing white disposable lighters until 1973, just in case you need this info. Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix died in 1970. Jim Morrison died in 1971. So, strike one, but... Some people note that Jim Morrison spent his last moments in France and could have been in possession of a cricket lighter, not a Bic lighter, and they made white ones. 
I don't want to do the dun-dun-dun noise again. It's not that important. All right, here's the problem. No mention of any lighters was recorded in Jim's death or in Janis Joplin's autopsy report. And no lighter was mentioned in regards to Jimi Hendrix either. Oh, but what about Kurt, Kurt? Huh, Kurt? Don't you think we've forgotten about Kurt, Kurt? Well, take a drink every time I say Kurt. Well, Kurt Cobain, who hopefully you know was the frontman of Nirvana, did have an extensive autopsy and police photographs. And yes, two lighters, disposable lighters, can be seen in the police photographs, but neither of them were white. According to a set of photographs released by the Seattle Police Department in 2014, Kurt Cobain had two lighters in close proximity to him on the day of his death. Again, neither was white. One was a multicolored lighter discovered in his heroin kit, and another, a pink lighter, was found nearby. So, remember when I told you to throw that white lighter out the window? I I'm sorry, okay? Please, please go back and get it. You know, don't, don't just litter go back and go wherever it was just go find it um yeah there you go uh let's see what's next uh well here's an even quicker one but this one is actually true so this is an urban fact uh on november 12 2001 american airlines flight 587 i'm gonna repeat that american airlines flight 587 crashed into the neighborhood of Bell Harbor on the Rockaway Peninsula of Queens, New York City. Or uh, Queens, New York, actually. Uh, shortly after takeoff, all 260 people aboard the plane, 251 passengers, nine crew members, were killed as well as five people on the ground. Well, that's all true, by the way. This Remember, this is an urban fact. Well, on that day when American Airlines Flight 587 crashed, both of New Jersey's winning pick three lottery combinations included the numbers 587. The morning drawing was 578. The later drawing was 587. Sad but true, and, you know, a little bit scary. That was a creepy one, right? Look how short that one was. Let's keep on keeping on moving on. This next one is for everyone who stayed at a hotel. Holy crap, I was just at a hotel this past week. I don't like that already. All righty, there's an urban legend about some nice family staying at a hotel. Maybe they're newlyweds. Maybe they're a whole family staying at Disneyland. The place and the people change, but because of, you know, creepypasta and people just, you know, regurgitating BS. But the urban legend part is always the same. They either walk into the hotel room and notice an odd smell, or they're sleeping and notice an odd smell in the room, getting worse and worse as they stay in the room over a week. Then they realize the smell is coming from under or inside the mattress itself. They go to investigate and discover a dead body. That one just felt like it needed the dun-dun-dun. All right, but is it an urban legend? You know, it's got to be, right? It's just some BS urban legend. Surely this one isn't real. Please don't be real. Well, sorry, everyone. This has been confirmed multiple times. At least a dozen newspaper stories have told the very true story of hotel rooms that bodies have been dumped inside or under the bed. 
Now, they do say that, you know, usually the smell is apparent right away, but at least one couple slept on a mattress containing a body in Atlantic City in 1999. The body of Saul Hernandez was found under a bed at the Burgundy Motor Inn in Atlantic City. Two German tourists had stayed the night in the hotel room and actually slept above the body all night due to exhaustion and the inability to, quote, find the source of the foul smell. The next day, housekeeping was called in, and they located the body. Oof. You better tip that housekeeper a lot. The uh, most recent report concerned a woman named San Juana Marcius. Sure, why not? Who was found inside the bed frame of an Austin hotel. The body wasn't discovered until several days after her death. The murder was eventually traced to Marcia's boyfriend, or Marcia's boyfriend, Jamie Wingwood, Wingwood, who was tracked to Louisiana and led the police on an hour-long chase, ending in him crashing his car. But 2010, guests at Budget Lodge in Memphis were, quote, horrified to discover they'd been sleeping above the body of Sonny Millbrook, a missing person. Fabric softener has been, had been stuffed into the ceiling tiles to try and mask the smell. At least three other occupants had also rented the room since Millbrook had disappeared. Woof, I don't like this one. So basically, what I'm saying is don't just check for bed bugs. Also check the mattress for freaking dead bodies. I don't like that one. I don't I don't like, you know, like hotel rooms are scary enough as it is. Are there someone like spying on me with peep cameras? There's someone who's going to get like the room key and like jimmy their way into my room while I'm trying to sleep or is it like dirty? Like, do I have to put a black light on and see all of the, you know, the common blood stains, like pee stains everywhere? There's enough to worry about as is. Uh-oh. Limited space re- remaining. Hopefully I can get through this in time. Hopefully it doesn't end. Well, I'll have to keep a closer eye on that. Uh, what I'm saying is I don't need dead bodies added to this one. It's freaky enough as is to stay in a hotel room, people. All right, this next one is, well, it's just weird, basically. Even though it's an urban legend, or an urban legend kind of sprang up around it, it's actually a true story. That's right, another urban fact. It's about people not understanding a new illness that was killing a bunch of people, and they're like, what's this new thing killing everybody? So they made up their own bullshit ways to stop the virus. Oh, God, Kurt's getting political. Yes, I am getting political. Political for 1892. You know, so calm your tits and listen to this one. I'm not getting political. We go way back to 1892. The new killer was taking people out. In fact, it was the number one killer in the U.S. at the time, and its name was tuberculosis, or, you know, what they called it, consumption. Now, since I looked it up, I'm going to share the top three causes of death in 1892. Hold on. I need I need accompanying music to this one um what kind of music would i do uh screw it the top three causes of death in 1892 number one consumption number two pneumonia and number three with a bullet was diarrhea so there, that's a thing that you know now too. Um, yeah. Uh, all three 
shitty ways to go. Da-dum-bum. That's right. That's right. Diarrhea joke so late in the episode, Kurt? Oh, there you go. All righty. Anyhow, tuberculosis symptoms include fatigue, night sweats, and coughing up of white phlegm or even foamy blood. You know, basically what you see in any movie about the early 1900s when, like, you know, some woman, like, coughs up blood into a hanky and then she looks at, you know, she coughs and she looks in the hanky and it's, there's blood. And she, like, throws it away only for it to be found by some dude in the flick. And then everybody's like, oh, no, she's got the consumption. All righty. Let's go to the small town of Exeter, where even though they knew about consumption, residents began to fear, quote, and unquote, a vampire named Mercy Brown. They thought that she was calling, causing all of the consumption-related deaths, and to make things worse, she was already freaking dead. Yeah, she was a dead girl, and they were like, well, she must be the cause of all this consumption. Why? Well, because people are dumb, but I guess it started when a farmer named George Brown lost his wife, Mary Eliza, to tuberculosis in 1884. Two years after her death, his oldest daughter died of the same thing. Then one by one, basically, he loses his whole family. His son, Edwin, got it in 1892. Didn't die yet. Edwin's got it. He's sick. He's, he's dying, but he's still sick. He's hanging on. And then poor little 19-year-old Mercy Lena Brown died from consumption. All right, like I was saying, Edwin, Edwin's barely hanging on. Poor George is burying the rest of his family one by one. And, you know, several townspeople who are starting to keep their distance from George and his freaking dwindling family start telling George about an old folktale that was kind of spreading throughout the town. The superstition basically goes like this. This is from news article about it. By some unexplained and unreasonable way, in some part of the deceased relative's body... Oh, I'm going to start it over, Kurt. Take two. By some unexplained and unreasonable way, in some part of the deceased relative's body, li live flesh and blood... Nope, sorry. Live... It's written really poorly. Some part of the deceased relative's body, live flesh and blood might be found. <laughs> nope. There we go. I did it. It took me three tries. Basically, they said that in a deceased relative's body, live flesh and blood might be found, which is supposed to feed on the living who are in feeble health. All right. Basically, what it says is when members of the same family get sick and start dying from consumption, it might be because one of the deceased relatives is draining the life force from their living relatives. Because, of course it is. Uh, sticking with that newspaper. Mr. Brown did not place much credence in the old-time theory and resisted their in, resisted their importunities until Wednesday when the bodies of the wife and two daughters were exhumed and an examination had under the direction of Harold Metcalf, M.D. of Wickford, happened. Indeed, on the morning of March 17th, 1892, a doctor and some locals exhumed the bodies of each family member who had died of tuberculosis. They found skeletons in the graves of Brown's wife and the eldest daughter. Kurt here. Then they get to Mercy. They open up that coffin and they find that the nine-week-old remains, she had died nine weeks earlier, of Mercy Brown looked scarily normal and undecayed. They also found blood 
in Mercy Brown's heart and liver. So the townspeople are like, see, we knew it. Mercy's a vampire. And the doctor's like, oh, calm, calm down here, people. And he tried to explain to the people that Mercy's preserved state was probably because she'd been buried during the cold winter months. And the townspeople accepted this and did nothing crazy to the body. Oh, nope, wait, no. These freaking psychopaths didn't listen to the doctor and insisted on removing both Mercy's heart and liver and burning them before reburying her. And I hope you're thinking, okay, th that's bad, but that's it now, right? All, all is good in the world. They, they found their little stupid vampire. They burned her heart and liver. We're good now, right, Kurt? Nope. They also mixed the ashes of her heart and liver with water and force-fed it to the sick and dying brother, Edwin, who, fun fact, died two months later from consumption and also probably a little bit from the thoughts in his head, like, you know, two months ago previously, that he just drank his dead sister's heart and liver in water. That's a horrible, he had a horrible last two months, that poor guy. It's just dumb on top of dumb. Now, this practice of digging up and burning dead people's organs was happening around the world at that time, but thankfully started fading out because science proved to people that tuberculosis had nothing to do with dead family members. Listen to science, people. Science is real. Now, Mercy Brown has since forever become known as the last New England vampire. Fun fact that I found online, Mercy Brown's gravesite is popular with sightseers who often leave gifts behind, such as jewelry and plastic vampire teeth, and even a note that read, you go, girl. Yeah, so last New England vampire title is just waiting to be taken back by a paramaniac if you happen to live in New England and, you know, well, you know, you're a vampire. If 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 all if you're checking off all the criteria, you're like, well, I, I live in New, New England, Kurt. And then the next one is there's only two. Do you live in New England? Yes or no? Yes. OK. If yes, go to two. Are you a vampire? Yes or no? If you checked yes to both of those, well, might not be the last New England vampire, Mercy Brown. All righty, let's keep going. Uh, let's stay in 1892, though. But let's head on over to Illinois when Julia Bacola Petta was born in 1892. All right, let's fast forward. Uh, she uh, Julia gets married. She marries Matthew Petta. Then in 1921, tragically, she dies while giving birth to her stillborn son, Filippo. Uh, the, they bury Julia in her wedding dress. And they also have her holding the body of her stillborn son, Filippo, in the coffin. Boy, this episode got dark, didn't it? Uh, all right, so five or six years after Julia's death, her mother started saying she was having nightmares of Julia telling her, Mom, I'm still alive. And after a year of these repeated nightmares, the mother somehow gets permission to dig up Julia. Kurt here. There is no upside to digging up dead friends or relatives, people. 
at best, you're going to see a dead body. That's the best thing that could possibly happen. At worst, you're going to like, I don't know, there'll be a vampire or they're still alive in, in a freaking coffin, which can't really happen. There's no good side. There's no upside to it. But anyhow. All right. So they dig up Julia. And uh, even though the coffin was all decayed and falling apart and the inside was all kind of ratty and everything, when they opened it up, Julia was, quote, well preserved, except for Filippo, who had died and or not died, but had decomposed and also her arm holding Filippo. The rest of her, though, really well preserved. So what does the mom do? Well, she takes a photo of her dead daughter. And you can see that freaking photo if you go to Mount Carmel Cemetery in Hillside, Illinois, because that photo is now part of her statue headstone thingy. Or you can be like me and just Google the damn photo if you really, really want to. And uh, yeah, it's a dead body in a, in a coffin. I can't say that it's a, I mean, she's well-preserved, don't get me wrong. She doesn't look like a skeleton, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what dead bodies are supposed to look like when you dig them up. Like I said, there's no upside to this deal. Um, don't do it, I guess, is what I'm saying. Why Why would you do that? And and there's no word on if the mother was like, oh, whew, thank goodness. Glad I took that photo of her so I can remind myself that she's really dead and rotting in the ground. Like, she's better now? That's all the mom had to see? Like, it's bad on top of bad. All righty, so there you go. There's more. There's many, many more urban legends and urban facts. And I don't know if I'm the first person to use the term urban fact, but I like to think I am because I am a trendsetter. As you know, I am the first para-influencer, so I got a lot going for me is what I'm saying. But hopefully this episode was worth the wait. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. There's many, many more episodes. Like I said, there's an interview episode, a couple interview episodes coming up very, very soon. I can't wait for you guys to hear. Lots more Paranormal Almanac is on the horizon. Uh, but in the meantime... Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the little break. I hope you re-listened to every one of my episodes, including that nine-hour-long 200th episode while I was on, you know, taking the break. Uh, if not, anytime there's not a new episode, immediately when you want a new one, just go back and listen to all the old episodes is what I'm saying. And, you know, there you go. You should be fine. All right. With that, once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandigan. This has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Hash, half number, it's half.